Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. I'd like to, first of all, give thanks to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. And without him, uh, we would not have the salvation that we now enjoy. And so we are thankful for God's unspeakable gift. And once again, that is Jesus. He is our gift He is our Savior, i.e. our rescuer, and he is the one who has rescued us not only from the penalty of sin, which is the eternal damnation and separation from God, but he is now saving us from the power of sin. And you would have to be conversant with the New Testament documents in order to understand uh, the implications, uh, that is all the implications of what that means. And he will save us, that is Jesus will save us uh, once he returns to snatch us out of the cosmos. He will, he will save us out from the presence of sin. So note the three tenses of our salvation. He has saved us from the penalty of sin. He is currently saving us from the power of sin and he will save us one day from the presence of sin. Let us pray. We do thank you, Father, for this opportunity to study your word. We ask to be guided by your Holy Spirit, the author of the scriptures. In Jesus' name we give thanks. Amen. So uh, I'm going to be speaking uh, this evening about the, the world that is cosmos, which is the name that is given in the New Testament. Uh, in the Greek New Testament, to this this world system. And so the, the message tonight is entitled, The World That Rejects the Love of God. And I have in parentheses, a formidable sin is rejected by God. The world that rejects the love of God through Jesus is in turn rejected by God. And so uh, this is the message that uh, we get from uh, from the book of Romans, particularly Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 presents for us a synopsis of human arrogance, that is, ma- the malignancy of human arrogance uh, and the, the resulting uh, uh, pathological behavior that uh, humans exhibit uh, without the presence of God in their lives. And so Paul in Romans 1 was, was speaking of, that is, the book of Romans, he wrote to what? To the believers at Rome about uh, this current world. Now, there are two words I'm going to use tonight. That is the word uh, cosmos and uh, 
understand that the word cosmos is from the word cosmeo, and it means to decorate. So <clears throat> the Satan, the slanderer, who is the god of this age, has decorated uh, this age in such a way as to make it uh, palatable and desirable uh, for human beings, that is, to fulfill their lust patterns. Understand that the devil is a theologian, and he understands human anthropology. And so while there are some books uh, that talk about free will and the uh, what and, and human volition and what that means, uh, never in the scripture is human will addressed outside, that is, unsaved human will is ever addressed in scripture outside of demonic or unclean influences. There is this, this interdependent uh, interdependence that the scripture teaches us. So to think that a fallen, well, fallen sinful human beings have an independent or have a free will is not scriptural. And so Paul, Paul will address this also in Romans, uh, in the book of Romans. He will address it in other parts of his writings too, but particularly uh, in the book of Romans because uh, Romans addresses the diakosune, that is the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. As believers, you and I have been imputed, that is God has reckoned to our account because we have believed into the person of Jesus. God has reckoned into our account the diakosune, that is the righteousness of Jesus. And so because the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to our account, uh, we are said to be just, uh, we are justified by faith. We are made right before God, before God, through faith. And that is, once again, believing into the person of Jesus. And it is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to believe. God grants us uh, the power to believe, that is, to see our need for Jesus. Uh, and please read Second Corinthians chapter 4, in which Paul talks about uh, how the light of God uh, shined into our hearts to reveal unto us the, this wonderful knowledge of Jesus. And so uh, this is for uh, those who were saved in Christ Jesus before the, the throwing down of the universe into nothingness. So now I'm speaking of election. I'm talking, speaking of the elect. And notice in, in John chapter 3, verse 16, that the gospel is for all mankind. Okay. For those, but the and the elect will believe into Jesus. So, two different doctrines and two different realities. For God so loved the world. Now note, John 3, 16, that verse never states that mankind loved God. Never states that. Uh, Paul writes that even uh, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that is the, uh, the reality 
of the love of God. That, and so uh, we, the, the, the word agape, uh, one of the Greek words for love in the New Testament, uh, it means self-sacrifice. That is a God displayed for us a self-sacrificial love. This is the essence of love. This is why in Galatians 2.20, Paul talks about the crucifixion of his ego. I am crucified with Christ. And so the pronoun I am, that that is used there, in the Greek, it is the word ego or ego. And so Paul speaks about the crucifixion of the ego. Paul knew, Paul understood that without the crucifixion of the ego, that one could not serve Jesus. Jesus told his disciples uh, in the uh, in in the synoptic documents that whosoever would uh, would follow him must what take up the cross. Notice the verb take up first thing. Take up the cross and follow him as a habit of life. One must become, one's life become habituated into following the pattern that Jesus has laid out for one's life. Because now, the, when the individual does that, so his, uh, his will is swallowed up into the will of the one who has now written a new destiny for him the one who has given him a new name, a new identity. And so this is the new, the believers, the believing one's new reality. And note also, in the New Testament, it never talks about, uh, uh, Paul will talk about the, the righteous in the book of Romans. And the way, in the book of John, the way the word believer is used there, uh, it means an initial belief. Uh, that is the aorist, there is an initial belief, and then the belief there is the constant growing into that, uh, in that, into that initial belief. And so the Bible does not speak of a, a believer at a point in time, but the Bible speaks of a believing one who at a point in time believes, believed into Jesus, and then he or she grows into that uh, understanding of the person of Jesus. This is a brand new journey. This is a brand new way. This is a brand new life. The believer uh, is not said in the Greek New Testament to have an old sin nature. That may be in theology books, but it is not found in the Greek New Testament. The Bible never says that the believer has coexisting as, uh, of the new nature of God, the spermer of God, and next to that brand new nature, please read First John, uh, we have the old sin nature. You do not find that language in the New Testament. Paul, does not, Paul never speaks of the old sin nature. Paul talks about the thoughts or the flesh in the book of Romans. He never says, talks about the old sin nature. When one believes into Jesus, uh, then he, uh, behold, Paul wrote, behold, all things are become new and, uh, or fresh, ever to remain so. 
why would someone want the believer to think that here that his life or her life is bound again when he or she has been born again why would you want a believer to think that his life or her life is bound again with with the old life you never find that language in paul you know uh, writings you never find that language in john's writings you never find that ra- that, that language in peter's writings in the book of Jude, uh, in, in Luke, you know, find that language in the Synoptic Gospel or uh, in the Johannine literature is not found there. So, do you want to be free? And this is what Jesus asked uh, the man who had been bound for 38 years, do you want to be free? Jesus free. We have our ultimate freedom in Christ. In the book of Galatians, talks about believers uh, who have been hounded by the Judaizers, who wanted them, but they had spied out their freedom in Christ. Understand, because they were uh, demon-led. These these Judaizers, they didn't want these believers in Christ to be free, and so. Uh, they latched themselves onto these believers and said, hey, we agree with you about your freedom in Christ, but the caveat is you must also uh, adhere to the law of Moses. Jesus himself said, I come not to destroy the law as given by Moses. Please read John chapter 1 but to fulfill, that is to complete the law. Jesus is the completion of the law. In the book of Galatians, Paul writes, Cursed is he that hangeth on the tree. Jesus hung on the tree for us. So because of his sacrifice, we have been washed clean with the blood of the lamb, the precious blood of the lamb, without blemish, without spot. Yet, you have had in church history those who want you to believe that there coexists within the brand new nature that is the sperma of God that remains within the believer and old sin nature. That is not biblical. That's not biblical. You and I are enjoined by Peter to grow up in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I use two words. Agape is a noun of action. Caris, uh, uh, grace, is also a noun of action. The New Testament is different. The language is different uh, from what we have in our English Bible. Okay? So, uh, because our worldview is different. Understand that the Word of God is, is a new energy. Words have meaning. Words have value. We have the Logos, Jesus. And so we have a brand new life within us. And that life is what? It is God's own life. Peter writes about this. Peter writes that you and I have what? Been made partakers of the divine nature. So let's go back. So the believer is born again. And uh, he has, 
he or she has also the old sin nature. And uh, Pete also writes that uh, we, ha- we also have what? We have been conjoined to the divine nature. You listen to that? And the absurdity of, of joining, uh, being born again or being born anew, being born from above with an old sin nature, and then Peter writes that you and I have been made partakers of the divine nature. And uh, it, it is, that is not the way the scripture reads. So let me go on. First Corinthians, no, Second uh, Timothy 3, 1, Paul writes, quote, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The perilous times are here. Know this also that in the last days, that is in the eschaton, the last days of the eschaton, perilous times, dangerous times shall come. And then he 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 talks about, he lays out for us what this means. Now, uh Paul is writing to this 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 uh, this pastor Timothy, and he's letting him know what the church will be like in the last days. Paul is not writing about the world at large. He is writing about the 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 ecclesia, the church uh, in the first century, and also in the last days. Okay, so. Now, there are some old theology books that call the time in which we live the church age. That's the theological concept. It's not biblical. Now, I want to show you something in the New Testament that you should know. Because uh, your thinking should be uh, biblical. Your thinking should reflect uh, the word of God. The Bible never calls the time, the days in which we live, the church age. I'm going back. I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm beginning at verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and 3. Quote, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, the mysterion of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards, servants, that a man be found faithful. We are to be faithful to the Lord because he has been and is and will be faithful to verse 3. Quote, but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. And Paul is speaking to the saints at Corinth, who uh, uh, a lot of them were living in the flesh. So you can tell, one of the ways you can tell when people are living in the flesh is the way they use their tongues and how loosely they talk about uh, different powers, different uh, individuals, and, you know, and they share and is really uh, – uh, terrible manner. They call it sharing. And uh, as to disguise or to uh, say, well, it's permissible for me to speak this way, 
uh, I'm just sharing. And you never find that, uh, that kind of malignant language in the Word of God, that it is permissible. It is never permissible. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to pray uh, or I'll pray in my closet about a situation of, or a person you want to share. And uh, it, you're trying to, you want to disguise gossip. And uh, sharing is really blasphemy. It is railing against, uh, it is slander. You, you, you're slandering the life of that person. That's what it is, it's slander. No, 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 you misunderstand. No, I don't misunderstand. I just know what the Word of God teaches. And slander in the Old Testament means to stand against the life of, a, of an individual, which is what uh, the, uh, the false report that certain spies brought back of the promised land. They slandered the character of God. And so they stood against the life of God, for which they, they received judgment. Because what did he do? Their words called into question the integrity of God. And so it created what? It created fear and dread in the hearts of the people. Beware of people who drag you down and limit you so that you won't go anywhere, so that you won't believe God, you won't take God at his word, and you won't move out by faith to do powerful things. Beware of those kind of people. Verse 3, quote, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment, yea, I judge not my own self. Now, in the Greek, this is what it reads. Uh, but with me is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's day. Man's day. Bible does not call the present day in which you and I live the church age. The Bible calls this time, Paul calls this time man's day. We are in man's day, which will end with what? A man's day will end with the tribulation period. The times of the Gentiles will end. And God is going to bring in judgment upon what? The nation, the unbelievers. Right now, what God is doing, God is what? He is calling out a people unto his name. The gospel is still going out throughout the world, the good news of salvation through Christ Jesus and his finished work, Hebrews chapter 1. That good news is going on throughout the world. But you see what man wants to do. Well, we don't want you to have a currency that's independent of government. We don't want you to have gas stoves. Well, we don't want you to have gas cars or diesel cars. Oh, we want you to live within these 15-minute cities. Well, since you won't submit to uh, certain uh, desires that we have, then 
oh, we're going to seek to harm the food. Not only that, we're going to harm the water. Not only that, we're going to harm the atmosphere. Not only that, we will poison the minds of your children through fake and fraudulent education. We will attack you uh, in every way conceivable, and you will suffer. This is man's day. And I listen carefully. I listen to many different podcasts. And you know one word I never hear? Agnes, never hear that word. Or the word love. Or compassion. I never hear those words. They have the most obscene uh, and ruinous topics the most obscene and ruinous images, the most obscene and ruinous attitudes are on display to poison your soul. So uh, this is man's day, according to the scripture. This is the, uh, the day of man. And so the Bible tells us how this situation will end. It will end in judgment. In Romans one seventeen, Paul writes, quote, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so this verse is taken by Paul from Habakkuk 2.6. And so the word diakosune controls the thought of the entire letter to the Romans. In verse 18 of Romans chapter 1, uh, through the last verse, that is verse 32 of Romans 1, Paul writes that sin will be punished. But the wrath of God, verse 18, Romans 1, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of whom? Of man, who hold the truth that is, suppress the truth and unrighteousness. You know, I've heard Recon Library extends about 55 miles, the Vatican Library, 55 miles of books, parchments, uh, stones, uh, and other data uh, and artifacts that relate to the history that has occurred within this sphere. And why do men seize, or, or the, the verb here, uh, who hold the truth, it means to seize, to hold on to, because they want to control. To hold the truth and unrighteousness. So you see here, what is at play here in verse 17, uh, Paul talks about the righteous that live by the just shall live by faith, and then in verse eighteen he talks about the unrighteousness of man. Verse nineteen, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, because uh, for God has shown it unto them. So God has God has put who He is and what He does on display. Men want to reject the teleological argument or what they call for the existence of God, God doesn't exist. Uh, God, we, we use the word aseity. Aseity means that God, that God, 
is beyond existence. He is the one who creates existence or that which is. God is eternal. God is the eternal uh, presence. God is. God is the eternal state of being. And so, uh, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. For even his eternal power and Godhead, even so, they are without excuse. So, here's the summary. The world that rejects of a God is rejected by God. And here at the end of verse 20, they are without excuse. The Greek word here is apology. It is they are without a formal argument as uh, against what God has revealed. These things will come up in the judgment, at the great wife's own judgment, and then men will see what they have done because God has recorded everything you think these uh, computers, laptops, and all these uh, these servers that we have created, uh, you think that these people uh, have everything? Listen, God has everything on everyone. Nobody unless he or she receives Jesus as Savior. Good evening. And God bless you.